Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. What's going on, everybody? Hope you are having a wonderful week so far. Podcast time. Um, this week, I was lucky enough to get in the studio. Um, Stacy Pullen. Uh, Stacy is one of a big kind of techno legend um, from Detroit. Been doing or been in the in the scene for twenty nine years um, professionally and has kind of forged the way Detroit scene in techno has kind of had the impact on, on the rest of the world. Absolutely loved sitting down with him and having a conversation. Had an amazing history lesson on Detroit, um, which was kind of pretty amazing for me personally. Um, and I'm sure you will all love it as well. So without further ado, Stacey Bullen. <laughs> there we go we're live Stacey Pullin how's it going man hey man I'm good man make the trek all the way 12 minute drive all the way over here <laughs> it's the best thing about Detroit like there's no traffic ever right exactly it's, it's, it's you know especially this, this winter time you know yeah. we got dumped on last night yeah not last night the night couple before. of nights yeah I was I was in LA over the weekend well on Saturday to Sunday yeah. and um my wife was like we got snow, so you might be de- a little delayed. I'm like, oh, okay, that's not actually a bad thing. I want to yeah. s- st- spend a little bit more time in L.A. just to get a little sunshine. Yeah. You know, get my tan, uh, you know, like really <laughs> <laughs> It's kind of nice out in L.A. right now, though. The weather's, like, just, like, perfect. Yeah. Although I'm not a huge fan of L.A. itself. Right, but right. It's yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's definitely... Winter is here in Detroit, put it that way. Yeah. I was literally saying, like... A few days ago to a friend that we haven't had like any snow it's not got cold and now right. it's like right right shit. yeah it's, it's it's like no in between you know it's like summer two weeks of fall and then winter time you know yeah, yeah, even yeah. if it's not snow yeah you know totally did you grow up here i grew up in detroit man you know this was my this is my side of of town is where it? where i kind of grew up yeah, at yeah. you know i mean i know all, i mean used to catch the bus to work yeah, from yeah. high school yeah. you know i'm driving down here i'm like yep i know all these places <laughs> yep 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 <laughs> what was it like growing up here um it was um i don't know if you you seen the uh this movie it was based on the uh, the young boys incorporated okay no, what's it called? Yeah, um, it's called YBI. I think okay. it's called YBI. But um, growing up as a teenager, mm. you know, we, you know, that was like the height. What of year the, was this? Um, in the eighties. <laughs> so I, you know, I, was, I would say um, from like an eighty-one 
it's like when I started understanding the social aspect of growing yeah. up in Detroit, yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, it was around, it was beginning of the crack epidemic, yeah. you know, and it was, you know, I remember seeing girls that used to have crushes on back in the day and then three years later, like, man, the neighborhood girl yeah, is so-and-so, yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it was, it was a good, for me, it was, it was, I understood that I needed to stay away from certain people and certain crowds. I mean, yeah. music was always a part of what, you know, me growing up anyway. So yeah. I think that was a that was a savior, you know. Um, you know, you grow up in the city and you 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 know, product of Detroit public schools as well. Yeah. So, you know, we had a lot of resources back in the days, but as time went on, you know, you saw the school system sort of kind of dwindle a little bit. Yeah. But, you know, you know, it was I was in sports and basketball and, and, and playing um, in the band and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So I, I kind of steered away from the, the street shit. aspect yeah, of it, yeah, you yeah. know, <laughs> which was which was kind of it was I don't know. It was like I was the chosen one because yeah. all of my friends, man, mm-hmm. you know, the guys who are a little bit older than me. Yeah they always sort of kind of looked out because they knew that I wasn't that type of guy, you know, to go around, you know, and they were, you know, they would tease me a lot, but it was still, I still, they had my respect and I had their respect, you know what I mean? So it was, it was, it was a quite interesting time growing up in the eighties because, you know, that all all of those things that was going on. Yeah. Well, I, I watched a documentary that was on the BBC years, it, it, they did it on the BBC years ago, but I watched it recently called Re- Requiem of Detroit. Yeah. Did you did you see that? Yeah, yeah. And I, I obviously knew a lot about Detroit history, but I didn't know, like, that much. Right. And I didn't know kind of how it started with, like, Henry Ford kind of mm-hmm. being the main reason why the divide mm-hmm. in, in the communities. And yeah. then, obviously, from that on go, comes the, the crap ep- ep- crack epidemic yeah. and things like that. Yeah, yeah. Detroit's been through some shit, man. Man, we had crisis before the crisis. Yeah. You know what I mean? Literally. Before the housing crisis that happened, before the economic crisis, we've always been that yeah. way because of, you know, we relied so much on one industry yeah. to make or break our lives that, you know, once all of the, you know, once the riots happened back mm. in 68, yeah. you know, everybody left. Yeah. You know, and that was... That was a pivotal point in the history of Detroit, you know, because we have so much rich history, Mm. whether it be the way we are geographically, you know, a lot of um, immigrants came here to work in the car automotive industry. You know, we're the, we're the only, I mean, the, the, you know, us being across from Canada, Mm. you know, having that trade embargo where, you know, trucks coming over and bringing in goods and vice versa, you know, import, export, you know, and we're the only city that can look south to Canada. Yeah. yeah <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Just those little small little food notes just where you don't know. <laughs> it's mad, isn't it? When you're when you're at um Hart Plaza, your phone sometimes your phone signal turns yeah. to Canadian yeah, yeah. and you're just like, damn, we are yeah. this close. Exactly. Literally Canada's there. <laughs> it's mad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um did your parents, I take it your parents grew up here. Yeah, parents grew up here. So they, here. they were here during the riots and then hung about. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, when you don't, when you grow up without a lot of resources, yeah. man, you don't really have a choice but to just kind of stick it out, yeah. you know? And, you know, 
being from Detroit, most of the people, you know, who got hit hard with, you know, the riots and, yeah. you know, the businesses closing and, you know, people going out to the suburbs, you know, it kind of, you know, it was, what are we going to do? We're just going to kind of mm. stick it out, you know, yeah, and, yeah. you know, we build a rich heritage here in Detroit, but at the same time, you know, we sort of kind of got left behind economically where, as to where, you know, we were sort of kind of left out on a lot of um, resources yeah. and, and, and opportunities that, you know, that needed to be, you know, given to us or, or yeah. yeah. So, so that was, that was a pretty pivotal point in our history as well. You know, it's kind of amazing. Even if you see Detroit now, um, if you go to most other cities in the world and you come to Detroit and Detroit is a very famous city, right? It's got a lot of history, good and bad. Yeah. A lot of people don't know about the bad side yeah, of the yeah. history. A lot of people yeah, know yeah. the, like the glory days. Right. And right. All of the, even with the music, right. Um, Motown, obviously techno and yeah. People still think it's that now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember um, a few years ago, I was in a taxi in England, in London, and I told the taxi driver I was from Detroit. He was like, oh, yeah, me and my wife, you know, we used to go to all of the concerts. They yeah. used to come over here and play for us at all, you know, the Temptations, Four Top Supremes, blah, 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 yeah. blah. You know, we used to go to these concerts when they come here, and, it was, you know, we used to have the best time, and, um, you know, and I'm telling him, I was telling him like, okay, well, you know, th that that was great, you know, <laughs> yeah. but but now, you know, the reason why I'm over here is because of the Detroit techno yeah. aspect of the second, you know, I wouldn't say the second generation, but another movement and move music that's from Detroit as well, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, and he found that very interesting because now, you know, it's I would say the Detroit techno scene when we first started was sort of like the Motown, the electronic Motown totally. scene because yeah, you had yeah. that sound. Yeah. You know, you had that movement, you had the artists who were sort of feeding off of yeah. one another, yeah, yeah. music coming out nonstop, mm. you know, competition with, with your boy, but you know, he's it's it's a great competition, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So why Detroit why Detroit though? Why why do you think it why do you think the whole like from Motown to to, to techno, why do you think well, I think I, one I know for a fact that one theory is because of the car automotive industry. You know, a lot of our parents, you know, worked in the automotive industry. My dad worked for Chrysler back in yeah. the day, and he used to come back and say, "Yeah, I worked with this this machine who helped build the the transmission yeah. for for this part." And it yeah. was, you know, you know, working with machines and robots yeah, and, yeah, yeah. you know, there's a, a, a cadence mm. in, in the factory where, you know, the stamping okay. cadence, you know yeah, what I mean? You know, yeah. just, you know, systematic, uh, what they call it, um, assembly line, you yeah, know, everything's, yeah. is a rhythm, you yeah. know? I mean, that's, 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 in my opinion, that's part of yeah. what it was, but also. Never thought of that. Yeah. But also, um, you know, like I said, after the riots and after, you know, in the eighties and stuff, we, you know, we didn't really have. A lot of resources, so we so we kind of you know took to music, yeah, as to um, you know an outlet mm. for our creative yep. side of us, you know, um, for us, you know, the guys who were not in the street, you know, we felt, but also I think it's because of the radio back in the day, okay, you know, we had you know Electrifying Mojo, okay. 
you know, electrifying mojo. I don't know if you know the story of electrifying no, I don't. mojo. Tell oh me about God. this. Tell me about this. <laughs> this is a lesson. <laughs> <laughs> so electrifying mojo was a, a DJ that came on WGPR radio here. Mm. And his intro coming on, he would come on every night at, at 12 o'clock midnight. Yeah. He would, his 15 minute introduction would be the landing of 2001 Space Odyssey. <laughs> <laughs> the mothership, the Midnight Funk Association has arrived and he would just play some prints that yeah. was like unreleased. He would go into some craft work. He would go into some B-52s. He would go into some um, uh, some other like electronic music, but yeah. you know it was based on what he wanted to do. He didn't f- follow payola. Yeah, he didn't care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but at that time it was more freestyle of a DJ yeah. where they can play. They were actually playing the music. You yeah, know, they got to pick. Yeah, so you know he would he would open our minds and our ears to so much different music that yeah. you didn't expect. For a black radio city, a black radio DJ in the city to play. Yeah, yeah. Now we got hip to to B fifty twos, man. Mm. I mean, you know, Depeche Mode, Duran yeah. Duran, and as well as the the black R and B music. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, you know, Prince used to come in town and do exclusive interviews with this guy really? and give him like only the mixes that he only gave to 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 mojo yeah, yeah. you know what i mean yeah yeah, yeah. so it, th- that was and you know then we had dance shows mm. you know this is more of a the more fun side of 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 detroit when how we got our inspiration other than just uh, the economical side this is okay, more yeah, of the, yeah. the party scene yeah. you know how we got our, how we party back in the days you know well i guess that's the thing is when a city's struggling there's always going to be an underbelly of that yeah, where people yeah. have to be, they, they want to have a nice life. They want to yeah. celebrate yeah, and yeah. they want to kind of make themselves feel good. So they're going to make a party right? somehow. Right, right. And and they, they're going to go to those, congregate to those areas where everyone, where, where there's a community built and everyone can kind of be one together. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think that, you know, m- one of the most imp- one of the things that I remember um, growing up and listening to the radio was the fact that um, a lot of this music that I was hearing was was based on, um, you know, b- black culture. We have a, a way of of of, um, of expressing ourselves through rhythm, through yeah. music. Um, and it's and it you know it kind of spilled off into the electronic area as yeah. well you know, I mean the guys like like um, so Electrifying Mojo, he was one of the first DJs to play the electronic music you know like guys from Derek and yeah, yeah. Juan they yeah. would go down there and just hang out yeah because he was fascinated on what they were these, doing. yeah, yeah he's yeah. like who are these young guys annoying the hell out of me <laughs> <laughs> knocking on his door trying to this? play my records right. yeah, exactly. yeah, you yeah, know yeah. you know and then once he heard you know um Juan's music and 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 Derek's and Kevin's and everything he was like oh these guys are on to something mm. you know um 
So that was that was that's that's the small part of electronic. Yeah. I mean, of of electrified mojo story. Yeah, you know, yeah. so he stayed on for years, and you know, we have. I mean, I I have some. I have access to some tapes that he used to. Really? Yeah, man. If you listen to this stuff, I mean, it, I mean, he would play new wave. Wow. You know, I mean, all the stuff that you know. This is why probably, you know, the generation of 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 my generation of DJs yeah. and people who go out can appreciate. You know things that's not that just wasn't rap music. You yeah, know, because this yeah, was in the yeah. beginning of the time of rap. Yeah, you yeah, know. Yeah. But he would still play Run DMC, yeah. LL Cool J, and still show love to them. But he would also play a everything. variety of things, every, yeah. everything, man. And I, that's what I really, I know for a fact. That's what really, you know, clued us in into what else was going on yeah. in the world and brought our minds for as far as music goes. Because there's the hip hop in Detroit is still massive. And there's still such a huge hip hop scene that I'm completely oblivious to, if I'm totally mm-hmm. honest, because it's just not really something that I'm. I love hip hop music, yeah, but I'm just not. I just don't understand right. the whole culture, <laughs> if that makes sense, because I was never brought up around that, right? Um, but over the years, with because techno kind of it started here, and then it kind of left. Yeah, what was you you've been around since pretty much since day one right. kind of so like how what was the transitioning from it leaving um so i would your say thoughts on the reason why it well left? i would i would say partly be i wouldn't say it left but i th- i think that the energy shifted yeah a bit you know to when because uh, we've always been a fan of of and showed and and had a much mutual respect for Germany, mm. you know. And when the Germany scene, when it kind of came on, you know, they've been going on. I mean, you ask Sven Vath, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, I think once we started traveling, and well, I, I was I'm part of the second generation, so yeah. I wasn't I wasn't you know. There when 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 Derek and Kevin and Juan and them first started traveling, yeah. so I'm considered like second generation of Detroit techno. So those guys started traveling and doing shows over in Europe yeah. and realizing that wow, this is where our market is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, Kevin Sanderson doing top of the pops with Inner City. Yeah, Mops. you know, Derek and Kevin playing Hacienda. Yeah, you know, Juan doing his thing and you know it would be gay clubs but it would be a club that was just accepted with the music yeah, you know yeah, yeah. before there was a thing here i mean we always had our scene here in in detroit but it wasn't nothing it was you know this yeah. was more of the the white pe- european scene that mm. sort of gave them a little bit more insight on what how powerful this music yeah, is yeah. you know um that's that's my that's my opinion where as to where it sort of went over to Europe a little bit because even I moved over to Europe. Really? Where did you go? I, I moved to Amsterdam. Oh mate, it's beautiful city, <laughs> man. It's a beautiful yeah, yeah, city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I, I moved over to Amsterdam. Um and I, you know, my thing was is when I moved over to Amsterdam, I was sort of being a a, a teacher yeah. of the Detroit sound for the club culture yeah. over there, and but also being a student to what wasn't coming yeah. to Detroit, you yeah, know. Yeah. So that was for me. That was I got the best of both worlds. Because they know? weren't the days of the internet, right? Where right. you couldn't 
just go on Beatport and buy yeah. music. You yeah. have to find a record shop that was importing music from. And they Rome. had a lot of those yeah. in Amsterdam. I mean, oh. I, we used to go they still there. Still do. For hours. Yeah. yeah. Let's go there for hours. Yeah. Three or four different record shops and just go there. And of course, you know. Free weed, not for one say free weed, but <laughs> go to the coffee shops and just like I mean, not even go to the coffee shops. They'd be firing up weed behind Every, the counter everywhere. At the at yeah, the store, yeah, you yeah. know? So I'm yeah. like got my stack of records and you know. <laughs> I love it. You want you, you want espresso, you want coffee, you want weed here. Take hit, hit this, you yeah. know. Um so th- what year was that then that you made? That was in ninety three. Nice. It was supposed to be for one month. Yeah. You know, I, I put out my first record end of 92 my first solo record wow. of 92 and i had 500 dollars in my pocket as an advance and a plane ticket to amsterdam that was like <laughs> that was your advance that was my advance <laughs> yeah you know and Derek what Lake, label was that was, it that was fragile okay which is um uh transmat's uh yeah. label um and Derek was like okay i'll give you 500 dollars in your pocket and a plane ticket to Amsterdam. He had an apartment over there. Yeah. So you don't have to worry about any place to stay. You can sleep in the spare bedroom. I'm like, okay, cool. You know, a, l- little, a little boy from Detroit, of yeah, course. Yeah, yeah, love yeah. it, man, you know. And um, got over there. And one month turned out to be a year and a half. <laughs> <laughs> I came back. I stayed over there about four months. And I came back home. And I told my mom, I'm like, okay, I'm. I'm coming back home to pick up some more clothes, yeah. you know? <laughs> I came home for about a week or so, and I went back and stayed over there, man, and it was probably, it was the most important time for me to be over there, yeah. you know? Um, so from there, it was, it was, it was, I stayed over there for a year and a yeah. half, and then I came back home to Detroit because I need, I'm like, okay, I need to start my foundation here, yeah, though. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's cool being over there for a year and a half, but now I want to come home and, you know, get into the culture. Right, yeah. right, 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 right. So, um, so that right there was, was part of, of, I mean, and, and a lot of DJs did that, Yeah, you know, a lot of just Detroit DJs. Yeah. So we sort of kind of, you know, made a little move over to Europe for a bit mm-hmm. because we knew that's where the market was. Um, we still had parties. We still had DJs coming. I mean, there's a, there's a bunch load of DJs and, and artists. Um, but, once we realized that more of the market, it's just like the jazz guys back in the 1940s yeah. and 50s, you know, Miles Davis and John Coltrane, they had to go over to Paris. I mean, you yeah, see old photos everywhere. of them yeah, yeah. in Paris, suited, looking like all spiffy, yeah. you know, doing their <laughs> shows <laughs> and, you know, staying over there, getting treated like royalty and come back home and like, wow, this is a complete yeah. contrast on, you know, what what we want to be appreciated for. Yeah. You know, totally. That so that's part of one of the reasons why that you know it was a little shift in the, in the 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 plates, if you yeah, will. You know, totally. It makes it makes complete sense as well. If I'm honest, it's for me like electronic music is a mixture of cultures. It's it it's purely to allow people to escape. It's escapism. Yeah. yeah. And everybody around the whole of the world wants to escape yeah 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 definitely and i think especially in places like berlin germany places paris like the the major cities of the world they there's always a community of people that are kind of don't fit in right and they all want a place to kind of right 
get out release yeah and release. and you have that all around the world and i think that's where you kind of get artists artists really creative people and it makes complete sense that that's that was the situation yeah yeah um that is true that is true um but after a while you know once we once the you know once you know artists and and you know speaking from um uh, a detroit perspective you know you want to you want to be able to see people of your own peers appreciate it too totally. yeah, yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know yeah. what i mean yeah. And, you know, and we had all those things, you know, I think from an artistic point, point of view and producer point of view, I think Juan Atkins had more of a, of a, of a connection to Detroit crowd than any of us. Yeah. Because Juan, he did more, he did like electro, Detroit electro, yeah. which was, you know, was funkier. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, even Missy Elliott sampled some well, it, of that's stuff, the thing it I mean? kind of had that crossover between right. like funk soul hip-hop right kind right. of and then electro i remember um the first guy that i started making music with a hood guy he was just like <laughs> i was you know he was like juan atkins <laughs> model 500 technicolor no ufos he was yeah, like now nah, yeah. that i mean you heard that on the radio too yeah. though um and but i was more of i was more being the artist i was more super underground and it was yeah. like yeah that's I, man i appreciate it i like it but my thing was more deep yeah. you know more emotion you yeah. know um but we also had a lot of uh radio shows from the djs as well that yeah. sort of influenced the city i mean at one point you had kevin Derek, juan and more importantly jeff mills mm. jeff mills was basically the guy who showed detroit what you could do with two turntables and a mixer he was the more on the radio. T- on radio, yeah. this guy was on wow. twice a day, really, twice a day in the lunchtime and at night. <laughs> <laughs> what station was that on? That was on. He was on WJLB. Yeah. So you could imagine just hearing, you know, Run DMC or Janet Jackson or Prince or Whitney Houston, and then <laughs> ripping techno. And then <laughs> Jeff Mills would come on the Wizard WJLB FM ninety eight, and he would come on and play some. Crazy Wizard of Oz intro. <laughs> <laughs> we off the Wizard. What is it? And just break into some 140 40 BPM like crazy. Like it was. It was. He mixed hip hop with electro with yeah. industrial with new wave and techno. Yeah. Wow. It was like turntablism. Mm. You know. I'll send you some links because there's, there's some stuff I'd that's on, on that. SoundCloud that, you know, I mean, and we all used to, like, record from mm. from cassettes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so sound that. quality sometimes it's would terrible. be great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you could, if you if you recorded it on your mom's, you know, big stereo, it'd, be, it'd sound <laughs> okay. Amazing, but if you yeah. re- recorded it on a small little boombox, yeah. you'd be like, oh, man, but we didn't care, man, yeah, yeah. you know. So... But he was the one who basically showed what we could, what people could do with two yeah. turntables in the mix. So I would definitely give. I remember 15, being fifteen years old, going to this club in Ann Arbor, yeah, called the Nectarine Ballroom, and I was fifteen. wasn't even supposed to be in the club, but I was up in the balcony overlooking him and just watching him do his thing. You know, it's I was just in, I didn't I didn't think yeah. I didn't care about dancing. Yeah, yeah. You know, he had his rolling seven two seven. Along with his 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 
um, four um, turntables, mm-hmm. and just I was just like amazed, you know. And he and he actually grew up on this side of town, yeah, you know. And some of my boys, we'd be riding in the car, and they knew where he lived, and he had like a Volkswagen Chiroc, yeah. uh, Sirocco, you know. And every those time, were, those were big in the day. Yeah, exactly. They were like nice cars <laughs> back in the day. So we would we would just be cruising, you know, and and guys were like, "Yep, Jeff Mills home. He's home. He's probably making a tape right now." That <laughs> <laughs> was the wow. best, man. I'm like, "Yep." I mean, we like, you know. So it was like, you know, how people drive around in L.A. Like, this is so and so's house. Yeah, this is so and that. That was that was the royalty, man. Yeah, you know. Um, and then you would see him perform, you see him DJ, and you're like, wow, this guy is just like, I mean, he still, still has that same effect today yeah. when you see him DJ, you know? Um, so, so we had all of those outlets, you know, on the radio, you know, which gave us a lot of variety of inspiration and, and thought process on what we do. What happened to the radio? <sighs> R&B and rap, Took MTV. Over took over took man over. you know um i mean that's pretty much once mtv came along and started you know pushing their brand of of you know pop music and and you know still even rap wasn't even played much on an mtv back in the yeah. days you know what i mean you had to be approved yeah it wasn't allowed <laughs> to be was it right right so um yeah and i you know and then there wasn't just i mean it was basically when payola started, you know, when people started to, you know, companies started having, yeah. you know, to pay to play their tracks on the radio yeah. and marketing and promotion and stuff like that. Um, that's what happened to, to radio pretty much. You know, Bojo, you know, run his, ran his course with the things that he did. Uh, we still had radio shows, but, you know, the younger generation they were still not quite sure what to do yeah. with the underground techno mm. and, and, and electronic music, yeah. you know. It was, I mean, it was, it, hip-hop just came and just Took changed, the, co- changed yeah. the culture, you know. Yeah. Pretty much, that's what basic, basically what it is. I mean, these guys, we can't compete with these guys who compete with these guys who have these these budgets. 100%. <laughs> you know? Well, yeah, in America, it's just, you have to pay a shit ton of money to get your music yeah. on radio now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's the one thing growing up in the UK. We and still we have such an amazing radio. Yeah, I know. Kind of scene. Yes, it's like still so. Yes, yes. And it it feels like it's not going anywhere. Yeah. It's yeah. just kind of part of the culture. Like radio was the one of the reasons why I got into music. Right. You know what I mean? Listening to Pete Tong. Yeah. Every Friday night. Yeah. And it doesn't feel like there's that here for for anyone right. in America. Man, at, at one point, here in Detroit, all the guys who I mentioned earlier, we had to basically pay to be on the radio. Really? We, the only black station that was black-owned WGPR radio, which is probably, I'm not sure if it still is or not, but they offered us a spot to do every Saturday nights mm. from 12 to 4 a.m. Yeah. 
I mean, it's late, but that's party time. Yeah, yeah. People, people <laughs> you know what I mean. Missing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but in the in the early days, it was still like, man, that's kind of late. You know, we still want to be a little prime time. Yeah, you yeah. know, you giving us the graveyard shift, yeah. which is great for club aspect, but yeah. radio aspect. You know, who's going to be up to four o'clock in the morning just listening to the radio? No one really. But they gave us the opportunity to showcase radio featuring our music, but in order to do it, they wanted money. Yeah. You know, <laughs> almost like payola, but, <laughs> yeah. you know, I, you know, it was a couple of thousand dollars to, 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 to what have year was this? This was, it was like early 90s. Still a lot of money. Yeah. This was, I think, let me see, I would say mid 90s. Yeah. This was after I came back from Amsterdam. Yeah. So, you know, it's funny because Minx, DJ Minx, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. she was. She was the the voice yeah. of the radio. Oh, really? You know, she would you know introduce the mixes and talk a little about yeah. what's going on. She had the perfect voice. She was, you know, that's why she's like the sort of like the godmother of of Detroit techno. Yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? Because she's been around that long, you know. And it worked out for for a while, but you know, we were you know twelve guys, you know, eight to twelve people having to like you know fork put you know fork up money. You know, I mean. It was okay, but at the same time, it was like, man, you know, it wasn't like we were, you know, making the fees that we're, you know, yeah, people make course. today, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it was it was a good it was a good experience, but I mean, it was it was short lived. Runs its course. Yeah, it was yeah. short lived. When you have to pay something to, when you have to pay to do something like that, right? That you right. absolutely love. It's your passion, but it's like. Yeah, and and then you know, so I'm I'm so when you mentioned BBC and you know and and. Pete Tong and, and Radio One and, and all those stations where it's just it's like an institution being yeah, over there, you know. It you know, it's you know every time you know it was it was point it was times when I would go over to England and make it a point to listen to the radio just yeah. to see what fill the pulse of the city. Yeah, you know, 100%. And, and you know, and I'm like, they playing this on the radio? Yeah. Oh man, this, I'm like, the, you know, America's got a, such a long way to go. <laughs> I it's, it, I think it's just different cultures. Right. I think that's the thing is like I don't think you're ever gonna get what you have in the UK on like I don't, you don't get that anywhere right. really. Maybe right, right, maybe right, right. maybe the Netherlands is yeah. the kind of the closest yeah, place yeah, where yeah. you can get like and maybe Germany like yeah. dance music into the charts. Yeah, Obviously, yeah. you can get dance music into the charts in America. Right. But it's right. like you're very commercial, like Calvin and. Yeah, like which yes, is, yes, yes, it's yes, still yes, dance yes. music. It's still great to hear four to the floor in the charts, but it's not like right in the UK. You can have records that come from the club, right? Exactly, like pure house music. Pure house music. <laughs> you know what I mean? If you know what I mean. Yes, like, yes, like yes. The, I think the the last one was the, the uh, Burns record, Talamanca, mm-hmm. which I don't know if you've heard it, but that's literally just straight up zero vocals, right? Just, just instrumental, right? And that got A-listed on Radio 1. Right. Yeah, and you're yeah. like, to get A-listed on Radio 1, you have to be doing something right. Right, right. Um, but I, we all know how much it costs to get A-listed <laughs> on radio in America. <laughs> and we're not making that much money right. in, in house and techno. To, yeah. To get, what was it like um, releasing music in the 90s? Um, it, so on the street called Grashit, which is an Eastern Market mm-hmm. area. Um, we've dubbed Gratiot as Techno Boulevard. Yeah. <laughs> um, you had KMS, mm-hmm. which is Kevin Saunderson's studio, which was 
the big studio that had the SSL yeah. engineers and because um, you know him making big fun and good life just sort of blew up bought some money you know yeah. <laughs> exactly <laughs> you know the two inch tapes empty code yeah. and all that old school you know engineer coming in but in the back there was studio b where yeah. a lot of uh, pre-production was going on you know um guys like mk yeah was back there doing his thing yeah, yeah. you know i was back there doing my thing a little and then upstairs you had Metroplex, yeah. which was Juan's label. What Juan did hit had his crew. I love that label. You know? <laughs> serious. Yes. Serious yep. records. And then um you had Transmat, which was upstairs as well, yeah. which was Derek. Now, for me personally, Derek was the one who I gravi- gravitated more to when it came to me releasing my music yeah, because yeah. it was just his energy and his 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 not given a shit about yeah. what people thought about his music. Yeah, and it was yeah. just more emotional. So between those three studios, it was 20, 30 guys yeah, just doing constantly, it man. And it was yeah. like this, like I said earlier, it was just this whole nucleus of creativity going on. And, um, you know, you had a couple of guys who uh, who did edits, like two-inch like what quarter inch edits, yeah. you know what I mean? With the rate with the razor blade, with the with the um chalk and yeah, the yeah. splicer and yeah, stuff, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um so it was a it was a good energy to be around there because even you know, I was still young and mm. didn't have a record out. So yeah. I'm around these three studios like, man, this is this is the life. This is what I yeah, want. Yeah, you yeah. know, these guys are wearing t shirts and blue jeans and you know, <laughs> doing the music, yeah. being artists, man, you know. And I'm coming from two years of college and university, majoring in communication, you know, sort of wanted to be a journalist a little, but still music was in my life, you yeah. know. And I come home and I'm, I I see this and I was just like, you know, just, you know, I, I amazed on what was going on. And, and at, that t- at that time, the Music Institute, yeah, which is the first dub, the first de- the first techno club in America. Okay. You know, this was, that was here as well. Where was that? That was in 80, from 87 to 89. Mm. Yes, yes. So the Music Institute opened and it was just four walls, strobe light, speakers, wood floor, and the DJ booth like at the top. Yeah. You know, so you would look at the DJ booth like, <laughs> <laughs> And where was that? That was on on Broadway. Um, you know where? Um, how can I say? The YMCA is okay. Yeah, yeah. So in, in downtown, in, mm-hmm, downtown. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. And um, that club opened up a lot of eyes because it was yeah, members only that. club. Uh, okay, you know, so you yeah. had to have a membership to get in there. Yeah. You know, it didn't serve alcohol. It was only a juice bar. It opened up at 12. <laughs> Could you imagine that happening today? No, I know. Not at all. <laughs> Only a juice bar. Only a juice bar. Detroit was healthy back yes, in the day. Yes, man. <laughs> yep, yep. But see, the thing was is that everybody was in the parking lot before. Yeah. You know, we had yeah, drinks. Yeah. You had whatever you indulged in. You did it before you get into the club. Yeah. And you just let the music take the, yeah. take you away to do what, the rest. What was downtown like then? Um, It was like... It was like 
It was rough, man. Yeah, I bet. It was rough. It was rough. I, I had a problem one time, but I was hanging out with the wrong dudes. <laughs> Back to my teenage days. <laughs> but overall, um, it wasn't much because, mm. you know, downtown was desolate yeah, time, you know? Um, it was It was just a place to sort of... You still had, you know, a, a few clubs, but it was really desolate. No no yeah. businesses. There was really small mom-and-pop shops that were left down there. Mm. You know, liquor stores, wig shops. Store you, know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, small little boutique stores. Yeah. I mean, I used to date this girl whose mom, who used to, she was a fashion designer. You know where the John Varveto store, I don't know if you, it's on Woodward and John R. It was a John Varveto store okay. that was on the um, ground level. Yeah. And then there were lofts above that. Um, my first loft that I ever been to in my life, and the elevator came up into the living room. I'm like, oh, that's Whoa, amazing, oh, that isn't my it? God, <laughs> I'm downtown Detroit. This is great, you know. And the Music Institute was right there, and you know, um, but it was it was it was it was quite dangerous, you know. Yeah. I mean, you know, it wasn't it wasn't like it is now, which is a bit better, but still has a long way to go, you know. Yeah, I I think I've been coming to Detroit for seven years. I've been living here for four and a half. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And when I first came, I stayed in the A loft downtown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, it was still pretty mm-hmm. pretty rough then. Mm-hmm. And like everyone was like, just don't fucking walk I about. Know, I know. I know. Uh, I think I think the best time to come to Detroit was doing the movement festival yeah. because that's when you saw a lot of the rainbow coalition of people yeah, and totally. you know and and even the native uh the local people started to understand how powerful this music yeah. was if you you know bringing all these people over from all across the world to Detroit to well, you know 40,000 people yeah, into yeah. the city like yeah. it's for the economy alone it's yeah. unbelievable yeah like yeah. It's the, I, t- I tell everyone that is the best time to come to Detroit is during movement, right? Purely right. because you get to see the city at its best, and I don't mean that in a disrespectful yeah, way course. to the yeah, city, yeah, yeah, but it's like, I say the same thing, yeah. You, you have there's just a different aura around the city. People are happier. People are kind of people are making money. Yeah, yeah. The businesses are doing well. Yeah, hotels are doing well. Yeah. Like mom and pop stores are doing well. Yeah. Restaurants are doing well, and it's. What what those guys have done, guys and girls have done mm-hmm. that festival, and they 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 run the, the jazz festival as right, well after, right, right. which is like the week after or two right. weeks after, and again that does the same thing. Yeah, yeah, and it's really important that that those things keep happening. Right, right, yeah. I mean, you know, having it downtown and know the city. Once they realized, like the very first festival, once they saw how many people it was, yeah, on the first night, I remember playing, and it, the dusk, like dusk set, like because it ended at midnight. I remember playing, and it was just about to get dark, and I remember playing, and this I played this this track that had Martin Luther King's speech, "I Have a Dream." Mm. I still think about it and talk about it to this day, and it still gives me goosebumps. I just because got goosebumps. You saying it, man? <laughs> it was, and it was the first night of the festival. Yeah, and it came together last minute. Yeah, so people didn't know what to expect, and it was free. Yeah, you know, this was when it was Demp. Was it yes, Demp? Right? Yes, yeah. yes, yes. And I remember 
just seeing police officers were like, wow, we've never seen a crowd this big yeah. downtown Detroit ever. Yeah. You know, even when the Pistons won it back in 89. <laughs> <laughs> you know, sports fans is a bit different than this, you know, just uh, regular people. Yeah. Um, but it was so amazing. And their thing was, it's like, it's a million people here. It's yeah. a one million people, and that's how many people yeah. they thought it was yeah, because yeah. they've never seen that big of a crowd, you know? Yeah. So that was a great moment in Detroit's, you know, history where they understood how powerful this music was yeah. and how great of, of opportunity it was to highlight the city yeah. in a positive light, you know? You know, I can remember um, a quick story. I can remember some friends in... My manager and uh, my, my old manager from Amsterdam, him and his friends were coming to Detroit. Mm. They landed from Amsterdam. They came through to they came through <laughs> immigration, and uh, immigration officers asked, um, "Why are you coming to Detroit?" Yeah. You know. <laughs> <laughs> coming here for for a festival you know detroit music festival and then he was like he just he couldn't believe it yeah yeah he was like hey tom come over here get a load <laughs> of the <this> story <laughs> these guys are coming to detroit as being tourists for this festival and they was just like they couldn't believe it yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay. yeah. I, I still like that right like i like for me traveling around america not so much in europe because they don't really know much about the history of detroit but I go to LA and meet somebody new, and they'll be like, "Where do you live?" Right. I'm like, "I'm in Detroit." Right. And they're like, "Why well, are you in Detroit?" That's the same thing I said when I when I first met you in yeah. in, in, in San Diego. Yeah. I was like, "Oh, is that really?" Yeah. <laughs> Literally, and that's that's always the like, it's always that question like, "Why are you here?" And right. I think that made me question it myself. Right. So for right. so long. Yeah. And yep. it's realistically, it's only been the last six months where I'm like, no, I actually like it here. Yeah. Yeah. Like I've lived in, like I lived in New York and I love New York. Mm -hmm. I'd move to New York tomorrow. Right. If I could justify paying that much money and not be about it. If you know what I mean? Tell me about it. That was my biggest thing. too. I'm like, no way. And to share walls. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. And then have to pay for a studio somewhere else. Yeah. I completely agree. It's just, for me, it's just like, it's not even, it, we're never at home because yeah. we tour so much. Right, right. So why, I want to enjoy something, but I also don't want to be ripped off. Right, yeah. <laughs> and we work hard yeah, yeah. and we're very fortunate that we earn reasonably good money for what we do, but yeah. I'm not also going to piss that down a drain yeah, to, indeed. to live indeed. in a tiny apartment in New York. That's one of the reasons why I've stayed here in Detroit, yeah. you know, because um, cost of living is, is pretty great. But also, you know, it gives me a release on, you know, I could have moved to New York, yeah. you know. But the, my thing is, is that the reason why I stayed in Detroit is because I do get a chance to travel. Totally. You know, yeah. if I didn't travel, you would, I yeah. would have gone. Yeah. And yeah, I get yeah. that. Yeah. I, 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 I split my time between here and the UK. Yeah. And I think if I was here all the time, yeah, I, I get it. Right. But I like the snow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I like I like it being cold where people here, like, hate it. Yeah. Cause, but it's like, I'm not used to it. It's right. not what I've been brought up with, yeah. if you know yeah. what I mean. Although yeah. it gets pretty cold in the UK. But yeah, yeah. There's, there's something special about this city that 
I can't put into words. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's the spirit, man. You just come here and just feel it. Yeah. You know? It's it's definitely interesting and it keeps you on your toes. Yeah. Um yeah. and I think it's a very long way to go to where it should be. Yeah. But it's slowly moving there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've been to I would you know, a lot of people a lot of my friends over the years have moved to like the closest city that's that's big city is like Chicago. Beautiful city. You know? And that yeah, yeah. And then a lot of my friends I mean to New York too, but most of them, if like if you if you're working, like yeah. if you're in a working world, you go to Chicago because it's closest totally. to region. You yeah, know, if yeah. you're working for a Fortune 500 company, it's you know you work in the same region. Yeah. You know, you got you know contacts here and in you know in, in Chicago. And I remember going to Chicago back in the '80s, and I remember saying like that. This is how Detroit should be yeah, yeah, and yeah. will be. In 20 years from now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and now we're all saying, in 20 years' time, Detroit will be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We made improvements, though. We definitely made improvements. But but I, my thing is that I've also seen how Chicago has changed. Yeah. And how it got gentrified as well. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. And then understanding how it's been happening here in, in Detroit, you know, it had to happen, you know, something like that yeah. had to happen because, or else, you know, we had to have some type of economic turnaround yeah. in the city in order for us to be competitive, yeah. you know, socially yeah. resources to, to, to be able to understand that Detroit is, is, is a great city. Yeah, totally. You know, what's your thoughts on that though? On, on the whole gentrification because it happens right yeah. it happens everywhere it yeah. doesn't happens in every single neighborhood yeah. In, yeah. in the world yeah. eventually yeah if the economy kind of lets it what's your thoughts on it here because you've been here from day one right right but you know and i've been here from day one but i under i i understand that it needed to happen and it's a hard pill for a lot of people to swallow especially yeah. the, the local people here to understand that you know, you need some type of change in government structure or economic structure in order to rise the city up, like I said. Yeah. Um, I understood that because, you know, I've traveled, traveled a lot, I've yeah. seen it, and I've seen it happen. But for the local people, they think that, oh, they come in and take the city away from us. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which, I mean, it may happen, I mean, it does happen, but, you know, so, I mean, what's the other alternative? There isn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, the, the alternative would be to continue, you know, to, to to have the same the same, you know, rerun over the last since the sixties, since since the year before yeah. you know a year before I was born, but <laughs> <laughs> just get that one in there. <laughs> so I you know, I understood that the logic behind having yeah. to do that and you know, like I said, seeing seeing the city transition and understanding what was going on downtown you know Detroit's a neighborhood city yeah you know it's been thriving totally. off the neighborhoods yeah, yeah. you know and but I would I would I would still would like to see a little bit more energy put into the neighborhoods yeah, too as well you know you know of course we know downtown is a main attraction you need that in order to bring in companies and you know yeah. blah 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 but at the same time you know, and I did, and I have been seeing over the years, 
you know, yeah. the, the communities in certain areas have been able to, you know, rise up a little. Like, there's a... Livinois. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I used to live right off Livinois, really? like, yeah. further further south, you know. And, you know, these areas were, were once, you know, great for the community. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. And to see it being, having a little care, it, it makes a big difference, yeah. you know? It's tough, isn't it? Because it's so hard in such poor communities to kind of give a bit of life. Yeah. Right. And, but all it takes is a little bit of injection of cash and a little bit of care and in the community to like give give back. And people have, you know, once they see that, they have a little bit more pride. Totally. About, and a community. Yeah. You know? So important. And that's what, that's what we didn't have back in the day. We didn't have a sense of community. Yeah. You know, we have block clubs and, you know, you have your mother, you know, and her friend down, down the street and like, okay, well you guys stay out of trouble. You know, if I see you fighting, if I see you do something wrong, you know, I'm going to tell your mother on you. You (laughs) All every, everybody's mother know each, you know, each other, you know, which was great. But, you know, from a business standpoint or for uh, just a, uh, resource standpoint we were still lacking a lot of those opportunities yeah, yeah, yeah. that needed to you know bring a, a bit more pride into the city yeah totally. you know um so it's, it's it's great to see the little small changes you know yeah but it's just like okay you know it takes time it, it takes time it takes time. time you know yeah, and, yeah. and I, I'm, I'm happy to see the changing, mm. you know, in my lifetime, I'm I'm happy to see it. You know, I'm still be able, I'm still able to appreciate it. Totally. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, I went out. I'm gonna say I went. I went. I don't go out much. I don't go out at all <laughs> in Detroit. <laughs> Let me rephrase that. <laughs> but the few times that I have been out, I actually was like, wow, I wish I had this when we were going. Yeah. You know what I mean. Yeah, because I see now a lot of people who are a lot of cross cross cultures that are getting together now and enjoying themselves. Yeah. you know, because I mean, we let's, let's just be frank about it. Detroit is it's a segregated city, one hundred percent. You know, and from all cultures. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Not, not just white and black. Exactly. From like exactly Iraqi man, like. Asia is so yeah, mad. and we have a lot here. Yeah, you know, Insane and amounts. they all came to work, like we said, with yeah. Henry Ford in the yeah, car yeah, yeah. industry. Yeah, yeah, you know, but the whole, the, but the riots kind of, you know, separated us yeah. into, you know, po- you know, pockets. Yeah, and but in the metropolitan area, we have so many. We got the biggest Middle Eastern population yeah. in, in in America. In America, yeah, you know, outside of the, uh, you know, the Middle East. So yeah. we have it here. It's just the fact that we don't have that. We don't have that public transit here no. that you would see these people every day. Everywhere, or see, yeah, I wouldn't yeah. say see these people, but see people every day of different walks of life. It's true, yeah. You know what Unless I mean? Unless you're going to those specific areas. Right, right, right. And well, it's even, like, honestly, even me moving here, like, I'm the only white dude in yeah, this Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm literally right. the only white dude in this yeah, area. Right, right. And I used to live downtown. Um... But yeah, there's 
I it's it's different. It's yeah. very different. Right. Like from considering from where I grew up, if you saw where I grew up right. from, where I live in the UK, I live yeah. in the middle of the countryside. Right. It's like proper rural England. Yeah. And then to be here, it's chalk and cheese as well to yeah. part. Right. Um but I think it you need people to kind of take a bit of a leap and just be like we need to cross this boundary. Yeah. yeah. We need to like be a community together yeah. for the the greater good of the city, right, right, and and not even just the city, just life, yeah, and humanity. Period. Yeah, yeah like definitely. <clears throat> me going to the barber shop in the corner uh-huh. is a completely different experience than me going to my barber shop in the UK. Yeah, of course, but I learned so much going to the bar- right. barber shop. There, right, <laughs> if you know what I mean. It's just fucking mind blowing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and yeah, yeah. But I think because of stereotypes that we all have, we've the media, life, everything. We've all had these stereotypes being portrayed upon all of us, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because some some Mm -hmm. stereotypes are real. That's Mm -hmm. why they're stereotypes. Mm -hmm. But you also have to experience them yourself to learn that some of them aren't true. Right, right. Um, And for me, Detroit is a city with so much culture and so many nice things about it Mm -hmm. that just does, isn't, the world isn't seeing. Yeah, yeah. America's not seeing. Chicago's right, not right, seeing, and it's right, down the road. Right, right. If you know right. what I mean. Like, Chicago, for me, is, like, a beautiful city, but look what's going on down there now. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. bad. Yes. It's yes, very bad. Yes. And you hear about that all the time. Yeah. But yeah. you come here, it's it's even worse here. Yeah, yeah. And what's going on, if you yeah. know what I mean. And the only way to make it better is to bring the communities together. Right, that's what I mean. I mean, the community is is very important when it comes to people having a sense of pride of where they're from, (laughs) having respect for one another. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's just, you know, unfortunate that, um, you know, and most of of the things that happen is because of economic status. Yeah, totally. that's, That's basically what it comes down to, you know, and, you know, people, it's unfortunate that, it happens, but it's also unfortunate that, you know, that's the reality of, mm. of, you know, why people do things, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, 100%. um, but, you know, growing up here and seeing the, the changes and, and, you know, understanding, you know, what's happening is also very fulfilling as well, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, and that's I, I think that's probably another another reason why that I've stayed here. Stayed. Yeah, because Makes sense. I mean, it's 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 a great seeing the, the the transition, you know, and and seeing the opportunities here, and you know, like I say, I was gonna say that I I went out a few times, and I'm like, wow. It was like for the, one of the first times I felt like, dang, I'm I'm having a midlife crisis. I'm like, I want to be young again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm totally. like, man, this yeah. is this is great. You know, people dressing really cool. Yeah. Individuals, you know, artists, you know, art, artist workshops, and yeah. you know, you know, from from you know, artists um, having showcases. I mean, I'm not talking about music art. I'm just talking about like general, you know, general yeah, artists. Yeah. Period. There's a lot of cool shit coming yeah, out of Detroit. Exactly. Exactly. I'm like, man, this this wasn't here when I was, you know, right. growing up. It was, you know, more struggling and to to have a voice. Totally. Totally. <laughs> well, I think also the amazing thing is it, it 
it's like what Williamsburg and what Brick, Brooklyn used to be of yeah. New York, right? right? But you've got a whole city like it. Yeah. So it used to be cheap to live in Brooklyn. Right. And it was kind of a little hood and it was a little bit dangerous, but you could live cheaply. Yeah. Whereas the whole city of Detroit, mm-hmm. for majority of people, is very affordable, which means that if something's very affordable, you can get more creatives right. together. It's, yeah, it's funny that you say the whole city because uh, I, I would say maybe 10 years ago, yeah. Um, I was in Torino, mm. and I was um, with the guys who did Movement Torino. Yeah. And they had, um, the guy, what's his name? Um, Philip Knight. Okay. The guy who owns Nike. Uh, okay, yeah. Uh, Phil Knight, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I didn't know who he was at first. Mm. His, his book's amazing, right, by the way. Right, right, yeah. yeah. So we're speaking, and we're standing just like this big castle. Yeah, you know, in the middle of the countryside in Torino, and he's there because the guys who do the movement festival family runs Kappa. Okay, you know, yeah, Kappa yeah. the 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 sports. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're there, you know, with them because they're they're good friends, and we're speaking about you know economic struggles in Detroit, and you know, and I'm boasting my 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 face, <laughs> my my chest. I'm like, yeah, you know, but. Um, there are a lot of bad, so we were talking about the struggles and crime and, you know, just social out, out, outlook on, on inner city life. Yeah. And I said, I'm like, well, so, you know, you know, things happen in, you know, in Brooklyn and New York, you know, in Chicago, parts of Chicago. And then he was like, well, you know, that that's true. But when you talk about Detroit, it's all of Detroit, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and yeah, I'm like, yeah. Like you actually, you you're right. Yeah. You know, it's not just you know one side. No. You know, it's, not, it's it's like you got like you said, you had you have Brooklyn, you had the Bronx, yeah. and then you have the South Side of Chicago. You had whatever you know, totally. and you have Compton. Yeah, but it's all of Detroit when Detroit gets a black eye. Yeah, you know. Yeah, you know, and it's been slowly changing over the years because you know before COVID, you know, people you know, opened up a lot of restaurants. There yeah. was a point where. You, you know, Detroit had, you know, there there was a, a, actually like a foodie. You know, it was like the movement. fastest growing city right. for food. Right, yeah. right, right. Which was which was great, and that's hard, had partly to do because of you know gentrification, which is yeah. all tie in to one another. Totally. You know? Yeah, yeah. You know, which was which is you know which is great, but you know, like I said, the local people when they don't when they haven't experienced anything like that, yeah. and when they don't know anything about that, it, it it's like out of the ear they don't understand it goes no, right over their head and they can't yeah, appreciate yeah. it you know which i'm glad that like i said i'm glad that a lot of the younger generation the artists who are now understanding that this is a, a great opportunity you know seeing this yeah transition in, in in detroit yeah it's it's super key and i think it it's I think detroit actually allows people i think there's going to be a lot of interest in businesses a lot of interest in create like fashion companies yeah. music artists yeah. Yeah. <laughs> artists f- yeah. chefs all come from from the, from here because it just allows people to be creative yeah and yeah kind of express themselves it's, what's your thoughts on the on the music scene right now here who um i don't know sorry to bite in i don't know about you but when you say you're from detroit yeah and some people know about techno they're like wow detroit's got the best techno scene in the world mm. 
And that's always my response. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think it needs? I um well let me I got so much to say, I'm just trying to get the right word to say it right. Um it needs it needs we don't ha- we have a few clubs yeah that are pretty underground um i think that what what we need is of a you know man it's tough isn't it yeah it's tough because <laughs> i know what it needs because i've been around the world and i can just say yeah let's do this yeah but at, from a marketing perspective to get people to be interested yeah that's a whole nother ball game yeah you know because you know you have so many pockets you know you have put it like this you have clubs that do nights that are specifically for that scene and that culture yeah you know like the club will one night do a more of a, a latin night and then the next night it'd be r&b night yeah, yeah, yeah. you know what i mean yeah from a club owner's perspective, that's good when you can get people to come in. Makes a good business. Yeah, make, make a good business. But there is no intermingling in, amongst people to be able to enjoy themselves, yeah. you know. It, it's that general. separation thing again. Right. It's like this is for you. Right. Friday nights are for this type right. of person. Right. Saturday nights right. this type of person. Right. Sundays this type of person. Right. Right. So, um, I mean, I think lack of venues, but. One of the probably the main reasons why is because we have a two o'clock curfew too, though. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's always been like that in Detroit. You know, that's one of the reasons why. If you, I don't know if you know this, but I noticed that if you see a lot of DJs from abroad and when they put up their tour dates, you rarely see Detroit. Detroit. Yeah, that's because of I mean, partly because of venue availability. Yeah. And it's also because of like, for me, I think it's a two o'clock curfew because Detroit they don't go, people don't go out until eleven thirty, twelve yeah, o'clock at and night. And it's done. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so and then you know, so that that's one aspect of it. Um, it's such a small market now, you know, and it's always been, but you know, it's it was one of them things where people they want to. I mean, the bottle service came along, yeah, you know, and sort of took away a little bit of creativity that that, you know club owners and promoters Mm. had you know comes a long way from just having four walls and a speaker in a juice bar yeah (laughs) and now like (laughs) 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 yeah you know so um i think the lack of lack of venues um the, the 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 fact that bottle service crowd because there was one point when I was I was doing um I've but my I I've always made it a point to keep a residency yeah here mm. no matter what goes on yeah you know no matter where you are yeah 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 um I always did a monthly or a quarterly residency yeah. anywhere and I can remember back in 2007 when I, I was working with this local work local DJ and I was like, you know what? Let's kind of bring our worlds together. Yeah. You 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 play pretty decent music. It's <laughs> <laughs> best compliment ever. 
<laughs> but I respect that yeah. because I understand your market. Yeah, you yeah. know, that was my thing. I understand yeah. your market. I understand. I respect the fact that you know your market. So let me bring in a little bit of the underground aspect of what we do so we can create something that would be a little bit more attainable for people who are too, or who are, I wouldn't say nervous, but uninvited to come to the more of the underground parties, yeah, you yeah, know? Yeah. And I did this night called Radio School where um, it was at Blue, Club Blue downtown. Downtown, yeah. Yeah, you know, and I think that it was the, the, the a great a great venue because it wasn't a quite it wasn't quite an underground club. Yeah. But sometimes they had good DJs Is to it come still down. open. It's still open. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I'm I'm like, okay, well let, let's let's start something, you know. And we did it for a while. It got to be you know, it was good, but it was always something that for me you know, it was if it wasn't the DJ booth set up wrong, yeah. <laughs> you know, or the fact that people still didn't go out until twelve thirty at yeah. night. You know what I mean? They get they get to the club and it's hour and a half. Yeah. I'm like, man, you know, I was practically, you know, my whole thing is when when I was doing parties, I was sort of more vocal on yeah. getting the fact that people needs to need to come out earlier. Yeah, 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 you know, since yeah. you got a two o'clock curfew you know you have to yeah so um just move this yeah okay so um so it worked out for a while um but i think that you know after it just worked out but um i can't remember what happened as to what we stopped it but um I, I I know what happened. I moved it. I moved it to a different okay, club. Yeah. <laughs> moved, moved it to, it to yeah. It? I moved it to this place called Oslo. Okay. Which was uh, it was a sushi restaurant on top. Yeah. And underground, small little club that fit two hundred and fifty people. Amazing. You know, and it w- it went it went well. And Oslo was considered like an institution well as yeah. well because it was a very very modern place. Okay. You know, very minimal modern. Yeah. And downstairs was it was all black with very you know architecturally great yeah. you know, um, and I moved it down there and it went well as it went great as well. But then they closed and you know they went through different management and all yeah, that yeah. stuff. And so I just stopped it you know, but you know I've I've always tried to do something to give back mm. to the community other than just playing during the festival time. Yeah, um, but. I'm, I've still been a little bit perplexed on as to what would make a great scene here in the city mm. um, to sort of flourish into something that would be more attainable for people who want to go out for the music, you know? I have this conversation probably on a monthly basis with my manager. Yeah. Um, and with Chuck as well. Yeah. Um on a regular and it's like and and people from Detroit and people from outside of Detroit and it's like what needs I and every time it comes to it I'm like it just needs more people yeah yeah definitely like, on a Saturday night you'll have a party at TV lounge you'll have a party at magic stick uh you might have a party at Leyland right mm-hmm. if you've got one massive artist at magic stick yeah every other party is kind of mm-hmm. dwindling because there's just there's six hundred and fifty thousand people in detroit mm-hmm. itself 
how many of those people yeah. go out raving? Yeah, 4,000? Of course. <laughs> but on a venue-wise, I do think there's a lack of, like, great club, like, electronic music clubs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I think there's so much space in Detroit. Yeah, there's so There's so much space. There's so many amazing buildings. I think it needs, like, Spotlight is doing. Yeah. Spotlight's a really interesting venue. Yeah. And I love the concept. I haven't been there yet, but I've only seen it. But I can imagine it. I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I see it, and I see how they're marketing it and and their their whole vibe. And I'm just like, yeah, this is what's up right here. It, it's dope. It's mm-hmm. really nice. The one thing that I would say is that I feel like they're just kind of like pigeonholing themselves into right. one thing. Right, right. And... For me, that's what Detroit's always done. Right. And it's like, let's just widen it a little bit. Yeah, of course. And let's kind of allow more people in. Yeah. And kind of market to more people. Yeah, yeah. And then you might have a, a bigger thing. Right, right. Um, But that venue's amazing. Yeah. It's, it's special. It's, yeah, it's a yeah. great I, vibe. I, I want to go down there, but for some reason, I want to go down there on a, and during the daytime to see the venue versus... I, I haven't been during the club. Right, okay. I haven't okay. been to the club. I've only right. been for like a drink. Exactly. Because they do like a record shop. Yes, 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 um, yes, yes, yes. I wish they did food, but that's that's right. my also thing is like, right, I think right. I think for a venue in Detroit, it, this wouldn't happen in most other cities. Right. But I think a venue in Detroit that does something in the day where people can go and work, Yeah. like where the hipster crew can go and work, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You have a nice little cafe restaurant in the daytime, yeah, yeah. and then at night right, it's a club. Right, yeah, of course. You need a venue that kind of yeah. brings a whole community, yeah, maybe, yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe some studios to the side, yeah, like some art studios where like you can get fashion people to come and create clothes, yeah, and of course, the artists, and then you got music studios. Needs a whole collective of in one place right. to kind of make something, yeah, where you every day you've got. 100, mm-hmm. 200 people going mm-hmm. in and around there mm-hmm. to kind of make it special. Yeah. Yeah. It's doable. Right. I really, like, for me, I really, I really want to do something yeah. here that's like, brings that. But again, you also just need the people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the thing, you know, people is, is and they're important. Um, I think that, Having having venues is very challenging because you know by it being so such a struggle, I don't think most venues have the patience or the money. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there of course. Yeah, the patience and the the the, the financial resources yeah. to be able to be um, to do that and cultivate the crowd. Yeah, you know, totally. You know, that's because you you know we're talking about you know years before you really started start to understand not understand but to to get that crowd yeah you know on a on a routine routine basis yeah. you know takes time spotlight has been they've been fortunate enough to come out at the right time to to be able to do that you know because they haven't been open that long but they have been doing pretty decent you know work and it's yeah. and they, but they also based from what I know, they're also based in the art community. Yeah, 100%. You know, <laughs> which takes a visionary to understand that yeah. that you need to cultivate the crowd, you Have know. To. And a lot of club owners and people who do clubs, they don't really think at it from that point of view. 
Well, it's a business, isn't it? Right. I think that's the way, the way right. we look at right. it. Right. I mean, I've I've dealt with a, a few club owners, you know, in the past where, you know, he they wanted to be down with the music, but they understood that, you know, it's not going to be financially feasible for them to put it on, which is, you know, that's it is what it is. Yeah. But then... Their regular nights, which is, would be a Saturday night bottle service, and they just like, they just go full force on that, yeah, yeah. you know. And they realize like, okay, am I wasting my time doing, you know, more of the the underground acts or smaller clubs when I can just concentrate on just making this money or moving on this side of town and just being a sports bar? Yeah, <laughs> dude, I totally agree. I had uh, you know Troy Troy Ramproop. <laughs> I had I had lunch with him yesterday. He's like a, a good friend of mine, but he's done the same. That's actually who I was talking about. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's done the same. And, and more power to him, you know, which is is great. But, you know, you run into people like, you know, such as himself. And, you know, they have to sort of, you know, tread the water a little bit, you know, a little bit differently, but still want to do things. You know? Yeah. And at the end of the day, realistically, everyone has to put food on their table. Right. Right. And you have to put food on your table before you put somebody else's food on your table. Yeah. Especially when you've got kids and a family and things like that. And I think that's also, we we do it because we love it. Indeed. We don't do this to put food on our table. We're just, <laughs> right. we're just lucky enough that food right, gets on right. our table from exactly. doing it. Exactly. When, I get it when club owners change things up. Yeah. I understand it's yeah. business, if yeah. you know what I mean. And yeah. and as much as it's a horrible pill to swallow for us that are trying to create something, I get it. Mm-hmm. I totally get it. Yeah, I had a I had a um I was in DC a few weeks ago and the guys asked me like they asked me and they said, Um, Stacy, we're thinking about possibly expanding and wanting to do something in Detroit. Do you think we should do it? <laughs> And I'm like, yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely opportunity is there, you know, um, but you just, just got to know you have to be ready for, I mean, you don't live here, so yeah, you just can't, you know, expect it to be like your club here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. so you got to be ready for, you got to come down and be here for a minute to understand, understand, you know, and, and see the this, this city at, for, for itself, you know. And the politics that goes on in the scene. There's a lot of politics. For a small yeah. city, there's a yeah. lot of politics. Yeah. Which Definitely. I I actually, for, as an outsider, I respect yeah. to a certain extent because the people that lead the politics are the people that are doing the best things in the city right. for the scene. Right. And I respect that. I'm like, yeah. fair play. But if you're a new person coming in, you have to understand that. Right. And it takes a while to get that. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> Wait, we're talking about 20, 30 years who I've been thinking about. I'm like, man, that we, well, I wouldn't say that long. More like 15 years where, you know, where the scene, you know, took a transition. You know, we, we so it was some potential there, you know, and, um, you know, and it, it also had to deal with, you know, like there were these parties back in 2002 2003 where it was it was more of uh the arabic crowd okay you know yeah the dj's would play more of the radio 
mixes of dance music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they're, you know the remixes yeah, of yeah. like the commercial yeah. things. And they would do it in this restaurant slash lounge. Yeah. But it would be off the chain. Really? And I'm just like, man, I mean, <laughs> you know, everybody, you know, pretty girls, yeah. guys coming in, you know, it was bottle service a little, but... I mean, I find myself going to it just to feel a bit of the energy of what yeah. Detroit, what the pulse of the city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Just to see. I mean, I've always been that type of person where I'm like, I want to see what's going on, even yeah. if it ain't my type of music, because I've heard, I've heard shit bad music. Yeah. In clubs, and still was able to appreciate the what was going on. Totally. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, man, this is this 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 could be. I mean, this is great for them. Yeah. And I'm like, why can't we be on this level where, you know, you can get people coming in and enjoying themselves, you know, and, you know, not not having to be a rave atmosphere all the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. Um, because when, like, going to England, going to, you know, Spain or whatever, you know, you it's, there's still those type of people as well, but they're getting down. <laughs> you know Every what I mean? Every fucking weekend. <laughs> <laughs> you know, go to Ibiza spending twenty thousand dollars on a bottle and 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 a table. You know, but they but you know, they gig into they gig into Will Clark, Stacey Pullen yeah, yeah. or whatever. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's yeah. great, you know. Um, to a certain extent, but you know, it's it's just it's just the different aspects and the the contrast in and what happens all you know different parts of the world yeah. and you you know me coming back home and wanting to bring that home it's hard isn't it you know it's and hard. you different you different so many different you know aspects and wanting to just open up a club yeah or do a club yeah you know which makes sense why there isn't many artist driven clubs in detroit right because you get that a lot in around right. the world you yeah, get yeah, a lot yeah, of yeah yeah Maybe it's old artists that right. kind of turn around and be like, okay, I'm done with yeah. the artist side of things. Right. But I know I can make a fucking great club. Yes. Yes. Whereas here, yes. we know there's the artist yeah. and there's the artist with money here because yeah. money goes a long way in Detroit, like we spoke about earlier. Yeah. yeah. But it's, do they want to deal with the shit right. that you have to deal with yeah. on top of that? Yeah, not yet that too, but it's also, you know, like I said, the two o'clock curfew that has a lot to do yeah. with it. You know, and then that's the best thing about legal parties. Here, yeah, though. yeah. You you can get away with doing under the yeah right underground parties that right. kind of go on till whenever. But yeah, but but you did, but you also, but you also dealing with an element where people feel as though it's just going to be drugs. Yeah, you know, totally. a drug after party type vibe, yeah, yeah, which yeah. is a turn off. Yeah. For a lot. To, you know, to a lot of for a, a lot, lot of people who especially women yeah <laughs> I don't mean right. in a disrespectful way but yeah it, yeah that's when you become a very male yeah. heavy right party which right. you don't want right you don't want right it, it brings a different yeah, yeah that's the only thing yeah the only thing about doing like the after hour parties yeah. is that you have that element to it because there was a club called the works that was yeah. here years ago I remember you know and it was at one time it was the go to spot for after yeah. hours but it was just it was 
got dangerous. Yeah, it was grimy. But at the same time, mm-hmm. I can remember I I go to the arches and, and sub club and like I had the same type of vibe. Yeah, yeah. And totally. it's going off. Getting mental. <laughs> you know? But I think that's maybe you're right though with the whole two o'clock thing because in the UK, depending on the club, it's like some yeah. some go to six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can still have that vibe, but in right. a controlled environment. Right. Where I guess when you're doing it illegally, there's only a certain amount of control that you yeah. have. Yeah. Which, yeah. which is definitely, yeah. What's your plans for for the next year, for the rest of the year? We're in January now. Yeah, I know in January. Yeah. Um, I'm planning to um, I'm get some, get some more music out. Definitely, man. That's that's the goal number one. Um, I've been transitioning. So Slowly from Logic to Ableton. Traitor. <laughs> Absolute traitor. Well, well, I was, <laughs> I'm going to use both of them. Put yeah. it like that. <laughs> but I, I'm, you know, so I've, I've been a Logic guy. Yeah. I've been a Logic guy for all these years. So I, I'm, I'm just getting, you know, getting a little used to wanting to do things in a, in a different creative way. Just a little. Yeah. Um, well, in what way? Um, idea wise, you yeah. know, idea wise is, is, you know, Ableton. I mean, it's kind of a conversation I've had many times, but yeah. from a creative standpoint, you know, Ableton, I feel that brings a little bit more of, uh, the creative side of, instead of just press and record, yeah. you know, with, with, with logic, you know, logic sounds better, you know, from, you know, mixing down and everything, um, so I'm just I'm just sort of in transition and wanting you know just thinking about I'm like okay, you know, do I want to fix something that's not broken? Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. or do I need a little bit more different angle yeah. on how I approach it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, so apart from um, getting new music out, man, just um, you know, just uh concentrate a little bit here since the states have been open you know the united states has, yeah. has you know sort of opened up their market and now everybody's over here coming you know concentrating a little bit more here in the states mm. you know doing doing parties and doing cities that i haven't done um i'm gonna be uh i'm in the process of trying to get the my rights back for my one of my last albums that i did um who is that signed to it was well, the big guys are virgin. Oh, motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah, right. And it was, you know, it, it was great at the time, but you know, you want to stay where you you want to stay away from that word called in perpetuity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's but, tough. Yeah, well, you know, the advance was great, you know, and it was great at the time, but the advance I'm like, doesn't last forever though, does it? Right, right. So I'm like, okay, but music they're not doing nothing with it they probably don't even know they have it yeah yeah (laughs) you know so i'm my my goal to is to get the rights back for that album so i can have the rights to all of my my music back um um other than that man just just sort of kind of building up you know my um on a a personal level you know i i love mid-century modern homes you know and i like buying vintage furniture and that's yeah. like that's like my pastime that i that i really like to like buy vintage furniture and, and stuff like that so i'm always doing something else to wow. the house you know really <laughs> yeah, I'd yeah, love yeah, that. yeah where, yeah. where do you go in detroit to get um i'm because i'm in the process of doing stuff to this house um there is a place um called 
mod mod space that just okay. just which is in small little is a closet. Okay. Yeah, it's a smaller place. You have to enter through the back. Yeah. Knock on the door. <laughs> hey, it's me. Password. Password is uh. Yeah. Um. So I like I like doing that stuff, but um. So yeah, I'm just just sort of um you know getting ready for hopefully the Ibiza season starts back you yeah. know strong and you know I just signed with a new I just signed with uh, NGE oh amazing <laughs> yeah. welcome right 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 <laughs> and, your, and who's your agent now Luke okay cool. yeah, yeah 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 so um so yeah we just started working together um so hopefully that 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 relationship will be great for for this coming year you yeah, know yeah. but it's just it's just been you know, with COVID, so man. Yeah, man. You know, for every gig that comes through, three gigs get canceled. You know, and you know, it's you know, I haven't been to Europe in a minute now, yeah. so it's I'm you know I'm you're not like, missing much at the moment, right? Yeah, so it's yeah, you know, I've, I've I'm just trying to you know plan out. I mean, you can't really plan out because no. you know the guidelines and you know COVID restrictions, just like so. I'm just kind of patiently waiting. You know, for things to sort of, you know, level out a little. Yeah. You know. So in the meantime, it's just, you know, trying to be creative in the studio, man, you know, and trying to get the right pieces in order. And then when the time comes for, you know, everyone to be back to normal to say the least, yeah. you know, we can I can, you know, go full back and to you know, traveling my you know my my weekends yeah, you know yeah. you know yeah. it's um it definitely changed us didn't it yeah changed the world yeah man it's i had i had a bit i had a bit struggle in the first beginning yeah. you know was like you know traveling the world for 28 29 yeah. years and then it coming to an abrupt halt yeah like through my body out of whack you know i mean i was i had like bits of anxiety you know it just like you know, because it, mm. my body clock is finally catching up. I know, right? To Western, I'm not getting on planes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and it caught up to me. I would say, about three months later, I was, I was physically and mentally fragile. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, I get that. For me, it was, it was actually recent, more recently for me. The right. first, like, the first six months to eight months, I was like, kind of, was like. I was back in the UK, so I was just like writing, writing a shit ton of music, right? And just like just doing what, just doing me really, and just right. kind of enjoying the time with my family back in the UK and things like that. But re- it's been more so like towards the end of last year when touring started again, right? And like, okay, that's when it got me the most, right? And I was just like, fuck, what is it? <laughs> and I, yeah, I can see that too. It's like that kind yeah, of, yeah, 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 it's weird, yeah. Yeah, because you kind of you you lose you lose a step, and then you get back out there. I mean, for me, it was like you know I lost a step because I haven't been traveling, and then you know you go back out and play, and you're like, okay, has has, has the scene changed? Is it the same? <laughs> is the, is yeah. it? Yeah, 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 totally. And then I don't know about you, but I just would question myself. Yeah, like, and then for me, it's like, oh, we haven't sold this show out, right? Uh, no one right. likes me, anymore. right? 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 And yeah, it's yeah, like. Yeah. You have to, for me, I have to, like, try and ground myself. Yeah, yeah, of course. And, like, I think because it was taken away, I don't know about you, mm-hmm. but because it was taken away, mm-hmm. it kind of made me realize how fragile it is. Yeah. 
but also how do I make it so good my career that I that it's never going to get taken away right you know what I mean that I'm always going to be part of the furniture yeah, yeah. if of you course. know what I mean and and that pressure that I put on myself mm-hmm. with music coming out and shows that's that's kind of that, that's what got me yeah most. yeah I yeah I, I definitely I understand that because you know everybody's been out of the loop for a while you know and you know we've been kind of out of touch especially in the beginning yeah you know um you know all i think a lot of the for me i couldn't write at all i couldn't yeah, i couldn't really. be creative at all because you know i mean like i said i wasn't i wasn't in a great headspace you know mis- mentally and physically i mean yeah. i was like having anxiety and panic issues where you know like I said, just threw my body for a loop and you start thinking, I mean, I'm sure millions, we're not the only people who had to deal with this, you know, but coming from our artistic point of view, when you're used to a certain way of life and being creative and traveling and being around people is your main career. And then that comes and, and then the pandemic happens and that's one of the main reasons why, We're in a pandemic because yeah. people are around each other and flying to different countries. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just like everything that we strive on, they're saying no to right now. Yeah. Or the pandemic yeah, yeah. is not, you know, prohibiting right now, you and know? still. Yeah. And still, to a certain extent. You know, like they say, be, not be around people. I'm like, shit, okay. My last gig was 3,000 people. <laughs> okay, they're saying you're not, you shouldn't fly. I'm like, fuck, Man, I mean, ten <laughs> flights in the last right. month. <laughs> exactly. Okay, you're not supposed to touch things. Well, yeah. I'm, f- I'm in different hotel rooms. Yeah. You know what I mean? Different public spaces. You know, you might share a drink with your buddy yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? You, it, we've all did it over the years. Yeah. You know, it's it's almost. I don't know how you found coming back, but it has it has changed. Yes, the world is is a different place. It is. It is. And it is. I don't. No, if I love it. Right. If I'm honest. Yeah. Yeah, because now you have to be paranoid on where I'm like, I got to get a test. You know, I got family. Yeah. You know, I come from more gig and I'm like. I don't want to give you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. that, already, that already happened one time and I don't yeah. want it to happen again. <laughs> <laughs> we are the super spreaders of the world. Oh, my gosh. Yes, yes, indeed, indeed. So, you know, I mean, just taking one day at a time, I guess, you know. Or one week at a time, one month at a time, you know. Um, but I, I'm ready to sort of get back because, you know, it's been such a part yeah. of my life all these years that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm getting to the point where I'm like, okay, well, you know, be being patient though. But, you know, at the same time, it's, it's a bit frustrating. 100%. A bit frustrating, you know. How long have you been doing it for? Um, I've been DJing since 85, which and I was 16 years old, but professionally since 92. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty amazing. Yeah. To, yeah be, since to, to say you've been doing something for 29 years. Yeah. It's been, it's been a quite, quite a fruitful career, you know? Um, you know, I, I mean, I can, I still, I still feel very blessed to be able to get on a plane and, and travel and, you know, meet the people and, you know, you know, them respect me 
I mean, now it's, you know, it's, you know, it's me being in the game for a while, yeah. you know, people and um, promoters and clubs and, you know, I'm older than half of these yeah, kids in the club yeah. now, yeah. you know, and, yeah. you know, which is great because I've been able to adapt to the different, gen- I mean, to the different um, generations, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. which is quite difficult because a lot of, you know, DJs of my of my caliber haven't been able to adapt to the yeah, different totally. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, I credit that to just being able to understand that, you know, generations change and they shift. You know, a lot of DJs they don't wanna do anything different. They just wanna keep the same, you know, redundant redundant type of attitude, which, you know, I mean, as long if they're happy, that's fine. But for me, you know, I've always been accepted of change totally you know yeah and that's why i think i've been able to have such longevity Mm. because i've been able to adapt to that you know i mean you know playing different markets yeah you know kind of you know maybe not taking as much money but just being able just Just one yeah just just to go do it you know how do you deal with the lows? Because you've obviously dealt with a lot of lows over the years and a lot of highs. But for me, the lows are hard. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, everyone in life deals with lows and highs yeah, and lows. Yeah. You have to because yeah. it makes the highs better. Yeah, yeah. How, how over the years have you dealt with those? Because you've gone through so many generations of dance. Yeah. Because realistically, the people that go to clubs it's a very small part of the their lifetime mm-hmm. because a lot of people stop clubbing when mm-hmm. they have family, when they get married or have kids and things like that. You've gone through a lot of those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I would say the youth keeps me young. You know, the more young people that I meet, the more clubs that I play keeps that youth amongst me. You yeah, know, it keeps yeah. me youthful, yeah. you know? That's probably the most important thing that I can say I've been able to my, my, my comfort zone, yeah. my comfort vice, yeah, you yeah. know, because I'm able to meet the young people and it keeps me young still, yeah, yeah. you know, um, from the lows for the lows, it's, I don't really look, I mean, you have some bad gigs, you know, you have some times when the phone doesn't ring that much because, you know, maybe the 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 market has changed in different yeah. parts of the world or whatnot. But you know, I mean, I just look at it as me looking deep inside myself to say, where am I gonna be satisfied? Am I gonna stay the same? Yeah. Or am I going to be able to understand that there's a a shift and sort of still be an artist yeah but come at it from an angle where i mean i already know <laughs> i already know i've been doing it for so long yeah. i already know the game yeah yeah <laughs> you <Right>. know <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's that's how i look at it you know um so it's been it's, it's been quite quite a challenging you know years because you know now it's like you know everybody looks at you know the detroit guys and me particularly as you know legendary status yeah, you know yeah. which is great we i'm glad to to be able to you know have that 
you know, and who would have thought, you know, young inner city, you know, yeah, guy yeah, yeah. growing up in the city, traveling to Paris and going to the Eiffel Tower. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. First time I went to Paris, I'm like, man, this I'm here. Yeah, what the fuck? Is, yes, yeah, what, man. Yeah. And and I still and I still get that when I still travel. Yeah, you know. But even more importantly, it was you know when I I still able to be humble enough to appreciate the small little things, mm. you know, because, I mean, I've been doing it for a while, so, I mean, every time I speak to someone, I'm like, wow, well, how old are you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I, I look a little younger when I do <laughs> <laughs> Me too. That's why I look like a 15-year-old. <laughs> yeah, you know, and then you got the young, the younger, um, you got the younger generation DJs who, who are, um, they, they don't know the history. Mm. Well, I wouldn't say they don't know the history, but some of them they don't. But, you know, I think that they, they get into it because it's trendy. Yeah. You know? It's fashion, right? Yeah, it's fashion, you know? that's the difference with the scene now. Right. Is it, and I've been saying this a lot recently, that it was never cool to be a DJ. Right. It was never cool to make electronic dance music. Right. Yeah, <clears throat> it was a, you were you were the the introverts of society. Yeah, and now it's mm-hmm. because of social media, because of the commercialization of dance music, people can make a fuck ton of money. Yeah, and that's what they see. Yes, indeed, indeed. And it's not necessarily about. I I don't necessarily think that everyone needs to know the history of whatever they do Mm -hmm. but in a scene like this right the history is still so relevant because it was only like 30 years ago right right if you know what i mean it's kind of like hip-hop right Mm -hmm. um it's such a new genre of music and Everyone is still alive. Yeah, yeah, everyone. Yeah, a lot of people are still alive. Right, right. um, Right. That created it, Um, and there is a kind of a disconnect now. Definitely. I mean, it's got. It's partly because of like. I mean, it's it's a bit of um, it's a bit of the same scenario as, um, the promoters just wanting to do parties just to make money. You know, some of the DJs want to do it just because it's cool and it's, you know, brings them a little fame because of social media. Yeah, 100%. You know? I, I say this so many times uh, on this podcast as well. Um, I used to I used to live in Ibiza and I would work, I record the podcast for We Love Space on Sundays. And that party was the for me the most influential party of my yeah. childhood mm-hmm. where i say childhood teenhood i was 17 18 19 when i was working there right. and they would book artists from Carl Craig to disclosure and that's when disclosure weren't even disclosure of right. what they are today. And Carl was there with his nine oh nine and kind of doing his thing. Jeff was there. Jeff Mills was there. Um, they had they booked everyone. Yeah, I know they did. I know. It's funny you may bring that up because when I first started playing Ibiza, it was all about the promoters bringing in the DJs. Yeah. 
I mean, I, you know, like you say, space, they brought in a, uh, an array of DJs from all different yeah. genres, and you had a party. You know, and that's how it, like, when I played uh, Ibiza for the first time, I played for Man U Mission. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I bet that was an eye-opener for yeah. you. <laughs> yes. Yes. Indeed, man. Yeah. And it was about, it was about the promoters, like Man U Mission and We Love Space, bringing in and creating. They loved it. Yes. They loved it. Yes. Like, they were artists in themselves. Yes. They, they they weren't trying to be the DJ. Mm-hmm. They weren't trying to be the producer. They they loved, like, some of the promoters then knew more about music than I did. Right. And I was the DJ, yeah. if you know what I mean. They yeah. knew more artists than I did. And now it's very rare that that <laughs> happens. Yeah, yeah. I don't even know who does it now. I tell you who does it is where we met. The guys at Cross. Oh, right, right, yeah, Diego. through that. They yeah, yeah. in America at yeah, least, yeah. and I'm not. This isn't. I'm not bad mouthing any promoters in America, but right. for me, Crossed and Carlos mm-hmm. at, at Factory Ninety Three, mm-hmm. they are the ones that they have such an amazing following yeah, yeah. as a brand yeah. that they don't. The brand, the 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 customers that buy the tickets yes. don't actually need to know the yeah, lineup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they sell out beforehand. I, yes, I have been noticing that because I've been working with them a little bit lo- more since like yeah. since the pandemic, you know, because working more in the states, and I've been noticing that as special. well. Special, yeah. it's really special what they're doing. Yeah, um, and I'm I really hope that there's more of that. Yeah, and I think that they going back to Detroit. I think Detroit can do that yeah. as well. Right, right. Because you can do it's it's a it's technically a, a B C market, so you have all these amazing artists coming to America. You could do it yeah. in Detroit, right? It's just getting the right people to kind yeah, of bring yeah, it all together. It's always been the case, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's always been the case, <laughs> dude. We, we shall. <laughs> we one day, man. One day. We've we just shall. done an hour and forty-five minutes. Yeah, that's great, though. Thank you so much for of coming course, on, man. I really appreciate, I appreciate um, you bef- invite me down. Ah, thank you. Before we leave, how can people follow you? Listen to your music? Yeah. Um. So, uh, my Instagram is Stacy Pullen underscore official. Um. Same as 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 Facebook, Stacy Pullen underscore official. Twitter, Stacy Pullen official. Usual. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's all all under one umbrella, man. You know, um, and you can um, uh, what else? Those are my 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 social media handles. So, get at me. Sick man, mm-hmm. thank you so much. Appreciate and it. Let's let's keep in touch. We got it. We got Love, it going, man. man. See you soon. Perfect. And that's a wrap. Hope you enjoyed it. Big thanks for Stacy to come down in the studio. Please share it. Hit subscribe. Give us a little review. Keep safe. See you next time.